Good morning. Pour the coffee. Brew up some baseball. It's coffee and baseball. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Bernie. I'm Ryan, and we are back in the morning hour slot for you, uh, drinking coffee instead of wine. Uh, yeah. We'll see how this goes. I think uh, I think this episode will be a little less rambly and probably a little quicker. But uh, That's debatable. That's debatable. <laughs> Alcohol or not, we will take the time we take. Uh, let's uh, Ryan, dive in. There is a, a lot of news this week for once. Uh, Although I, I throw it out there, I actually think last week had better news. I think this week is just kind of more like business as usual news. Well, except for the first bit of news, uh, which people saw coming, but nobody saw coming, but everybody saw coming. Uh, Tatis gets paid. A Tatis lot, gets paid. A lot of money. 300 and... $40 million? $40 million, 14-year deal. 50, uh, he, 14 years, yeah. He still had four years of arbitration left, um, but good for him. We'll dive into this one in detail in our next section, but uh, good for him. Good for him. Good good seeing top-tier players get paid. Wouldn't mind seeing middle-tier players get something, uh, but that's baseball now. True, true. Uh, JT Romuto, uh, can, we, can we call him the fake JT? <laughs> Can we, the real where JT? Does it, where, the can one we who power, actually, the one who goes by JT. Can we power rank our JTs real quick? Uh, I got J, JT Real Muto number one. How about you? Um, I got I got uh, Justin Turner uh, number one. So Justin Timberlake is my number three. Uh, yeah, JT Real Muto breaks his thumb. Uh, so the one good offensive catcher in baseball is going to have his power sapped this year. Fun times. Although they say recovery is only a month and he'll be ready for opening day, which I do not fully believe that it won't be lingering and bothersome. The entire yeah, I, uh, I, I, um, I believe he'll be like back, but I don't think that he will be um, healed. Like I think that's the problem is like he won't be. It's it's or sorry, let me phrase it this way. Uh, from everything I understand. Uh, the number one way to suck a player's uh, power is is like thumb injuries and injuries to like your fingers. So well, like usually it's a hamate bone injury that like uh, people are like, well he'll come back in a month, but his power won't return for four months or five months. So like that's that's more what I'm looking at with this. Well, good news for him, he already got paid. That's true. That's true. He got that nice contract. And with baseball, unlike football, it's fully guaranteed. So power never comes back. Still getting paid, right? He'll he'll still be set for multiple generations. <laughs> uh, Justin Bieber has COVID. Uh, reigning Cy Young winner, reigning Triple Crown winner, uh, or or Shane Bieber, or Shane. I said Justin Bieber, didn't you I? Did. It's early. You did. It's early. Everybody. Shane Bieber has COVID. Justin Bieber might have COVID. We don't know. We're 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 still waiting on that statement. <laughs> I was waiting for the joke. Saw it wasn't coming. I had to dive in quickly to... Uh, no, you you know your co-host. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got Rule number one of podcasting people, know that co-host. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Shane Bieber has uh, has COVID. Uh, he says he's feeling the effects. Uh, he's a former Triple Crown winner. Uh, it sounds like he's not in any life-threatening condition, which is great. Uh, but yeah, it's tough because, you know, you just... I feel like in sports, we're seeing... The effects of COVID, like like these these players are like 
consistently saying like it's no joke i feel covid like weeks and weeks and weeks after it's done i still feel like lower energy or less whatever um yeah jason so, uh, tatum the star one of the celtic star got it a long right. time ago and he claims that it still is affecting his play right and uh, there's a lot of discussion last season in baseball with, I mean, you know, who knows how much of it is an excuse or not. Um, but uh, there's been a handful of players that kind of had disappointing seasons. The one that really comes to mind is Yon Mankata, who is kind of this like rising star, in my opinion, uh, for the White Sox, his third, their third baseman. And he like very much after the season, they were like, he in interviews has been like, do not underestimate like, how tough it was for me last season playing through COVID or playing after COVID. So you kind of feel for Bieber. Uh, you wonder how well he's going to play this year, especially with pitching being such a like an art of like focus and of uh, repetition. Um, you really, really wonder how effective he's going to be as a result. But he's going to be – hope. I mean, it sounds like he's going to recover. So that's, I guess, number one. Um, I don't appreciate your headline that you put here in our document, but uh, <laughs> he, he wrote, the fake JT is back with the Dodgers. I will correct him. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and addendum that. Uh, this is exciting news. This makes it seem less. Uh, not that there was really any doubt uh, right. during the offseason, um, but Justin Turner is back with the Dodgers. The biggest question was, you know, the rumor going around was he wanted four years. Dodgers wanted to do two years, so he was out looking at what everybody else had to offer. Right. Um, and he got two years with a third-year team option. So uh, at a higher annual value than his previous contract. So good for him. Um, He's, uh, what, 37 years old? 36. He's, uh, 36. 36. So a four-year contract. That's that's a that's a steroid contract, Justin. That's a that's a everyone's good until they're forty two. What are you talking about? That's yeah, or a DH. You know, his power isn't there, but his contact rate is is you know great. So elite, elite hitting hit tool for sure out of out of Turner. Phenomenal defense, which I'm surprised by at third base. You, I mean, I know third base is a little bit older of a position than you know maybe an outfielder or maybe a uh, like a shortstop second baseman, but. He, I mean, like the postseason last last year, like he was just playing elite nope. elite defense for them uh, um, at a very old age, in my opinion. So, yeah. So we'll see DH if uh, if the DH ends up coming back with the new collective bargaining agreement. If it does, you know, I think that third year team option, assuming no decline, will probably occur. Yeah. Uh, uh, James Paxton is back with the Mariners after. Uh, Two-year uh, injury-riddled stint with the Yankees. Uh, saying James Paxton in the phrase injury-riddled is a little redundant. Uh, but uh, at his best, I honestly think he's a top-ten pitcher. I thought this was exciting news, but also kind of it's it's. I think James Paxton is good enough that he deserves that kind of old star injury flyer, like the Yankees, uh, you know, have been giving uh, to. Um, to all their old oh man, what's the dude's name? Corey, Corey Kluber got the old injured player, you know, Yankees treatment, and and I love those contracts, kind of for both sides, because uh, the players are like probably done, and the teams are also like probably getting a steal. And I'm surprised that Corey Kluber got this, but uh, James Paxton couldn't, uh, especially with as thin as the Yankees starting rotation is. 
now that uh, Tanaka is back in Japan. Yep. So that's tough to hear, uh, but uh, it is what it is. Um, your next thing we're gonna we're gonna put last because he yeah, doesn't deserve sure. to go ahead of uh, uh, Ray sign Rich Hill. Love Rich. He was a Dodger He's for great. many years, then went uh, to the Twins for only one season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to the Twins for one season with Kenta Maeda, yep. uh, a couple of former Dodgers. He's, I mean, he's, everybody says this, he's, he's got the curveball. Yep. He's 40, like, 5 or 40, 43, somewhere. He's up in his, like, almost mid-40s at this point. Maybe he's, like, 41. I could be over-exaggerating. Uh, right. And he, he'll give you five quality innings, four, four, and, four and two-thirds really quality innings in, in today's baseball. That's a legitimate starter, Ryan. And the Rays keep signing again exactly what I've been talking about the last you know the last person that I mentioned these like old kind of lottery ticket uh players you know I'm just most excited to hear him swear in a stadiumless fan or in a fanless stadium, <laughs> fanless stadium. in uh the dome you know it, it's gonna echo everywhere in that Tropicana field so uh, he's a very passionate player. I think he'll be a great pickup for them. I do think he is getting towards the end, uh, but good for him to keep going. Uh, and then lastly, this feels like a five years ago yeah. uh, announcement, but uh, Cubs sign Jake Arrieta. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest, um, I don't get it. Jake Arrieta is a couple years past his prime with the Cubs, uh, which, you know, sure, whatever. But they just like I thought the Cubs were actively selling the farm uh, to pay for the, the, you know, the economic dip. And so I don't know why they're signing anybody other than to, like, make it seem like they're signing people. I, I can't fully understand this move. Uh, to stay above like, uh, uh, the floor? I yeah maybe I don't know Jake Arrieta is a guy who I think has just gotten worse and worse every season since his Cy Young year, and uh, he had a nice little bounce back year last year with Philly, but I just don't I don't think he's I think he's done. Uh, and more importantly, I thought the Cubs weren't doing this, so I just I was a little perplexed by this signing. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like a, a trio of of uh, veteran formerly All Star pitchers uh, signed this week. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not as exciting as a Trevor Bauer signing, in my opinion. But nope. uh, it's news. And then uh, this statement, for some reason, doesn't seem to work <laughs> for me. Um, but this is how everybody's framing it. Tim Tebow retires from baseball. I think I would phrase it more as Tim Tebow never makes it and stops playing in the minor leagues. The 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 publicity stunt and that was Tim Tebow ends <laughs> is is closer to how I would describe it. He hit around a hundred uh, around one sixty. Uh, I was trying to inflate it by by really reading it out there. A hundred. He hit about a hundred and sixty points. Uh, <laughs> he hit about one sixty. Uh, for his four-year minor league career, uh, I was reading an article that was like, again, it's like everyone's just trying to inflate this story to make it news because it's not really news, but it's like it is at the same time. They were like, 
He reached the highest level of the minor leagues. I was like, okay, but like Juan Soto never made it past like I think I think Juan Soto was in Double A for like a couple weeks, and they were like, yeah, this guy's fucking ready. I think that modern baseball Triple A isn't really where the best of the best necessarily are. Uh, so Tim Tebow making it to Triple A and then not even being able to to whiff two hundred. Uh, it's like, okay, man. Uh, it's also, the know. minor leagues are also very deceiving because uh, AAA and AA, from what I understand, offer different uh, things depending on what the player is. Like, often they'll put a player in AA instead of AAA because AA are like the younger players, where AAA is more the vets. And so it's mm-hmm. like when they say, oh, the highest of minor leagues, it's not really a full accomplishment because. They use each one for different purposes. Yeah, I've I've straight up heard the argument that Triple A is not where the best player that you put your best players in Double A. Correct, correct. And then you because they're like the young talented players, and then Triple A is, is like where the you like veterans let, uh, and like the major that. leaguers that need to like then when the major leaguers have that one like rehab start before they come back, like correct. that's Triple A. So. Um, the one thing I'll give credit to Tebow for um, is it's been said always that he's nothing but a great dude, nothing but great with fans, nothing but great with players. Uh, I believe that. He, of course, brings some attention to baseball, which more attention to baseball is never a bad thing. Um, you know, it is just kind of funny. He attempted this at, I believe, like 30-something years old. He started at 29. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's 29. 33 now. You know, so... Uh, just a little late, you know, for these guys to do it. But uh, hey, he is officially retired from being one of the Mets greats. So he said uh, he said something like, uh, "When he does something, he has to give it his all, and his time was too divided, or he had to focus on something else." Uh, well, Tim he, Tebow, pour pour some coffee out. Buddy. Plenty plenty of options uh, with ESPN. I, I think he'll be okay. So yeah, he's gonna um, be he's gonna be just fine. Let's dive into our op eds, uh, which do it. is the biggest one. Of course, is the Tatis deal, right? Um, if you lay it down on paper, it it's a fourteen year, three hundred forty million dollar deal. But if we really break it down, let's kind of go into uh, how it's laid out, what he had left arbitration wise, every little bit of it, and see. Is it a good deal? My initial answer to that question without any details is yes, I think it's great for uh, both Tatis and the Padres. Um, so Tatis is, man, he's still early in his major league career, 22 years old. He had four years left of arbitration. Um, yeah. Most of these guys sign these deals when they are about 20. Eight, I would say. I think that's when Mookie signed. Like free free agency? Yeah, free agency when you sign the big yeah. deal. Mookie's 10. Big deals usually, yeah, around 27. Like depending on when you break in, around 27 through 29. You know. It's usually like right before you're 30, which is such a dick move. So the Padres uh, decided, you know what? I don't want to wait. And let's knock out these four years of arbitration. Right. Uh, Which is a popular move that a lot of teams are doing now. The White Sox do it pretty famously. Yep. The uh, 
the Rays, not the Rays. I think the Padres are the other ones that kind of did it a little bit. But the White Sox most famously kind of do this model of like, hey, in lieu of doing this weird bullshit of us manipulating your service time, cough, cough, Cubs, cough, cough, let's just say we know you're good enough right now, but you know that we kind of have the power of when you come up. So in lieu of essentially delaying your free agency for two years and delaying your real paychecks in the majors for two years, let's just sign you to an undermarket deal today that buys you out through age like 29, 30, and then that way we get to underpay you, but you get to get paid immediately. Uh, but this is kind of better than that, in my opinion. Uh, this is kind of, it's, 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 I actually don't like the deal, to be honest with you, but this is still. For who? For Tatis. Okay. That's a, you're going to laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, this deal, there's so, I think this deal is fascinating for so many reasons. You brought up the kind of the, the breakdown of, uh, the service time. Right, like when he would have been eligible and all that, which is one thing because, right, because let's all remember two years ago, the Padres, as a surprise, made him the opening day shortstop, which is, mm-hmm. again, it, it's all service time manipulation. We're so used to it, right, that when a 20 year old who's a, or a 21 year old, I believe it was at the time, who like we know is like destined for stardom, when that guy gets named to the opening day roster because they're just like, let's call a spade a spade. He's good enough. We're all shocked, right? We're Absolutely. Like, they, which they're is so giving up an, They're giving up an extra year to pay him nothing, basically. Right. You know. Which is one of baseball's biggest. I mean, you talk about like, how do we bring the fans back? I mean, number one is like, stop creating an economic system that encourages you to not show your best players. Uh, Correct. Because that's crazy Correct. to me. Um, but so he, he makes the opening day roster. Which, if they had waited two weeks, which you pointed out to me pre-pod, uh, they would have gotten an extra year of control. If they had waited half the season, they would have gotten an extra two years of control, right? That's Super 2 deadline. Uh, but, you know, the Padres man up. <laughs> they, they go opening day. And so once that hit, I was like, oh, this dude's hitting free agency at like 26. He's going to be, you know, a super high paid player. Uh, and then he, he tears the league up for two consecutive seasons. So, uh, yeah. On that note, really quickly, um, you know, we we want to point out he has only played 143 professional baseball games. Yep. Which, in a normal world, that isn't even a full season, because you know we played the 60 game season last year. Uh, he played obviously a full season the previous year, but just didn't get. All hundred and you know he, he had a back injury. Yeah, yeah, he had a back injury the last like month or two of the season. Um, so it's uh, it's kind of amazing when you look at this simple thing that he got a fourteen year contract uh, already, only playing one hundred and forty three games. Like that's yeah. got to be unheard of uh, in all of baseball. Now. John Heyman uh, did a really good job of breaking this contract down because the details weren't really out there. But basically what the Padres did was for these four years that would be his arbitration years, they're paying him $34 million. So he gets the $10 million signing bonus. And then first year he gets a million dollars, then $5 million, $7 million, and then $11 million. So right. the Padres really lined it up that that's really good for themselves because... 
I think like Snell and Darvish are only signed through 2023, technically. I think Hosmer, uh, his contract is somewhere around there. So the Padres kind of lined it up to make sure that they have uh, quite a bit of room in their cap with all the large contracts that they've signed. And then basically over the next 10 years, uh, it'll pay him $306 million. Um, and it, you know, it ranges, but I think the deal tops out at $36 million a year, his highest paid year. There's a no trade clause and there's no opt-outs either. Yeah, the no opt-outs is crazy to me. That felt like such a standard thing. I'm surprised he didn't want one of those. The uh, opt-outs is the the craziest to me. The no trade, I get. Protect yourself as a player. The no opt-outs. I mean, yeah. No, I mean it's and 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 I mean really to break it down because you know the first couple years being 35 million or whatever total is one thing, right? That's kind of standard. That's kind of what I was describing with the White Sox, right? It's like that's buying out arbitration. Mm-hmm. Uh especially at an undermarket rate, but you're like, whatever, the market is undermarket. But like when you break down the yearly averages, I think it averages out to like basically post um, post something. It's like, it's like $28 million a year, something like that. Correct. And, and the idea is that in 13 years or 10 years when this dude's in his prime and he would have been free agency eligible had he not signed anything, it's going to be $28 million a year, which is by today's standards, in my opinion, below market for Tatis, who is, I think, honestly, I think he is one of the two faces of baseball in the future. I think in the future, we will see Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis Jr. as the two faces of baseball. And I think that Tatis is really the, he's going to be, he should be the face of baseball. That's his talent level. I remember he he signed this deal, and MLB YouTube was just like, "Hey, like Tatis got paid. Here's a highlight reel of him." And I just couldn't stop watching because like he's just awesome to watch. And he when he gets on a ball, like it's it looks so fucking athletic. It's like ridiculous. He's just he's magnetic to watch. He's so much fun to watch. And he is essentially becoming the face of baseball right now. He is the the cover of MLB The Show, of right. the latest one. He's got more sponsorships than I can even name. You know, he's fun. And, you know, I got to give the Padres credit. They are redefining what a small market team does, right? This, I'm using air quotes that the, the, about to air no quotes. one can see. <laughs> a small market team has been this argument for all these teams not spending money. I can't. I'm a small market. Even though there's revenue sharing, uh, most of these guys have plenty of money they just don't want to spend it and the Padres infield I think total contract right now is like 840 million dollars for their infield we're so close to the billion dollar infield (laughs) which it's like of course you know they don't all overlap at the same time and they you know or they kind of do now but we're not we're not going to get technical you know but I just have to say that that when the new ownership group came in to the Padres uh, they realize the fact very smartly they are, I believe, the only city in all of baseball to only have a baseball team. Uh, they should have had the Chargers still uh, who left town to come to L.A. And so that no one could like them here. <laughs> correct. And so 
you've got a team that basically has the entire you know fan base of just a city this is what they have to root for it's like a college town almost uh in the way that they you know go to alabama and they've got you know roll tide it's like potters have a chance here to just dominate their market and they're doing everything they can to make sure that they do um you know they unfortunately are in the nl west uh so they are going to have to face the dodgers uh yeah they're they're, they're locking in the wild card with you know. with this tati signing let's you know let's let's not yeah. mince words here you know <laughs> i'm just saying they they, they unfortunately have and yes i'm a dodger homer but dodgers have one of the best front offices in baseball they do everything they do to be good for a long time yeah padres are trying to compete against that if they were in any other division uh, oh yeah. dude them in the central <sighs> you know they would guarantee it every time unfortunately for them it's going to be a battle every year um, for a long time. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I want to bring up about this contract that I thought was really fascinating. Great article in The Athletic uh, about um, – I don't know if you were aware of this because we didn't really go over this in the pregame. Uh, are you aware of uh, Fernando Tatis's deal that he has with uh, the uh, BLA, otherwise known as the Baseball uh, League Advance? I Big am League Advance, because I read me. the same article – uh-huh. And it's super fascinating. It's even more fascinating that the Players Association is like, does not like these guys at all and recommends that no players interact with them. Uh, I'll let you explain why, but I just find that. I, I read about this story years ago, and it was like, it was very much presented as a positive thing. And it was kind of like, most minor leaguers don't make it. You put in some of your money, and then the first, maybe it was even a different organization, but it was the same concept. It was kind of like, as a minor leaguer, they're going to pay you now, and then in the future, you give up a percentage of your revenue. Now, when I originally read the article, as I was aware, it was like the first like four years of your contract or whatever, because the kind of minor league money they make versus the major league money, even the diminished value major league money, is so different. Uh, this this big league alliance uh, deal that Tatis has, that he signed essentially right before he kind of built up his prospect pedigree. I think he was 19, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 18, but I think 19, uh, is that he's going to give up a percentage of his contract. And I believe it's just in perpetuity. Uh, there's no details on what that percentage is, but uh, the the word is that for every $50,000 that they give you when you're in the minors, that's another 1% of your contract. Correct. So Correct. theoretically, I believe it maxes out at 10%, which would be about $34 million. Uh which, you know, it is and isn't a lot, right? It's like, well, he's going to have 10 times that. But it's also like, hey, man, that's a lot more money than he was putting in. Uh, it's a big chunk. And he used it. The the hard part is he used it really wisely uh, mm-hmm. from what it said in the article. He, he used yep. it so that he could actually train. He could uh, Be better. do all these things to make himself better at baseball. So he didn't use it to just yeah. get free early money. He used the money because he needed it to elevate himself in his regimen and what he needed to do to make right. the the uh majors so it is kind of a bummer uh in that regard and frankly speaking i mean i mean like you say that which i, th- I you know it's like we like that's definitely worth mentioning right it's like do to use the money to make himself better all that stuff but it's also worth mentioning that these minor leaguers are so underpaid that if he wanted to just use that money to like get an apartment like dude go well, on I you think, too honestly i think part like, of it was that i believe i mean it is well, you know to survive, I mean. but he right. took the money to survive and then 
elevate build his, off of his that. game. Yeah, minor league is uh, a joke with how much these guys are paid. Unless you are somebody and you've got your initial signing bonus, these guys right. make no money. They make peanuts. Uh, so that's I don't know. That's all I have to say about that. I just I think that in the long run, this deal is going to look really good for the Padres. Uh, the only thought I have is like, what if Tatis like thinks that he might have chronic back problems because like those chronic back problems happen. Like that's yeah, one of those. Yeah. It's it's like shoulder injuries for pitchers. If you're telling me you're starting with them young, I'm telling you that it's not going to get. You're going to be dealing with them your whole career. So. Right, if let's say Tatis thinks to himself, like, dude, like this back of mine, it's gonna be just touch and go my whole career, then honestly, great signing for him. Uh, but if it's anything short of that, I, I think the Padres got away with a steal here. I think that's a an interesting way to look at it. The way I look at it is I think it's a great deal uh, for him, for anybody, because you're looking at the idea that uh, you know, oh, he's worth more, his value is more. At the end of the day, this guy is making, you know, after taxes, like $168 million uh, over his career. That is nothing to sneeze at. That will change his life forever. Good on him to jump in, get paid, get it done with. Sure, maybe he's missing out on money. That's the only thing uh, I would have liked to see in the contract for himself is maybe an opt-out or two. Uh, just so that if he does realize, hey, he's uh, an unbelievable all-star and uh, he should be paid more, that he yeah. would have that opportunity. You would hope. I- I- I'll say this. I'm-, I'm rooting for the guy, man. Like, he's just, he's a joy to watch and guy loves the game and he makes the game better and that's a really fun infield with him and Machado and Hosmer. Yeah, I hate to and, say it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for them to be you know, good too because uh, baseball is a lot more fun when we have a lot better teams going around. Yes. I would I would rather see every team in baseball do exactly this um, because it's a lot more fun. And as much as uh, being a rival to the Dodgers, they annoy me at times, but they have a chippiness and swagger that uh, both cracks me up and infuriates me. But hmm. you know what? Hmm. Hmm. It's a better way to play the game, and it's more fun to watch. So good on them. Yeah. Moving on, uh, we got uh, we got two more op eds, and then and then we'll turn we'll turn this top ten into a listicle section. Uh, the Dodgers opened this season uh, with Vegas's uh, tied for highest ever uh, over under for wins one hundred four point five uh, over under, meaning uh, Vegas thinks they're going to be the best team to bet on. Uh, or well, let's put it this way: Vegas thinks they will win the most regular season games probably of all time or more or less that's like the implication uh tied with the 99 yankees uh first of all ryan over under uh 104 and a half games for the dodgers what do you think um i could be wrong i for some reason would have pegged them higher uh i would peg them at like 108 109 is my just random guess uh i also though hate these things um, only because I hate the idea of saying, oh, this team is supposed to be great. It's supposed to be that. I want to see these guys out in the field, see how yeah. everybody plays. Um, you know, are there any issues? Yeah, the Dodgers didn't lose a lot, and they added a lot. Uh, but you never yeah, they know. They won, like, 
some like they won like two thirds of their games last year. It was you know. ridiculous. So uh, you know, we'll see. Plus, the real question is, and this is for everybody in baseball, right? Is what? How big is a difference does it make coming off a sixty game season going to a hundred and sixty two game season? Does that affect uh, a lot of these guys and the way they play? You know, it I, has I, to. You know, I mean, you think pitchers for sure, right? Yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm not surprised. You know, I imagine we're going to see the Dodgers in lists like this for uh, a few more years at a minimum. I I think that this is I, so. I'm not a gambling guy like at all uh, for many many reasons, but particularly not on baseball uh, because it's such it's it's a game by game. It's such a random sport. The best team of all time is going to lose 60 games. You know what I mean? Like that's just entirely too much randomness for me uh, on top of the fact that I just don't really gamble. Um, I would be all over this under if it were me. Uh, It just feels like the Padres are ascending. They're going to take some games off the Dodgers. The Giants are ascending. Uh, You know, who knows what the Cardinals are really doing, but that's the division. Uh, Did you say the Giants are ascending? The Giants are ascending slowly, slowly. They're going to be better than last year. Uh, <laughs> look, right? Let's 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 give ascending its due. I didn't say the Giants are going to be good, so the Giants are going to be better. All right, fair, uh, fair. I I just don't. I just think it's really bold. Uh, I would never. I never go for the bold pick uh, when it comes to thoughts on gambling, not when it comes to actual gambling because I don't gamble. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I mean, it's, it's a hell of an interesting thing though, right? It's like, uh, it's, um, I don't know. It just, there, it's, it's like you makes you consider like, is this going to be the best, you know, regular season of all time? Is it going to beat the one Mariners? I can't wait. Can't wait. It's almost back. (laughs) It's almost back. Cannot wait. Uh, last one. Let's go through it very quickly. Uh, we did the Dodgers. Ryan's a Dodgers fan. Let's go to the Orioles. I'm an Orioles fan. Uh, this, Orioles is the, jersey. this is the greatest, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, greatest assumption ever made by, uh, who? where was this? This was, it Stat, was like, I think it was the, StatCast? I think StatCast, I believe, yeah, predicted, you know, they were going through the percentage odds of teams uh, either making the postseason or winning their division. And, uh even the Pirates had like I think it was like a two percent or like point something percent chance of winning the NL Central, which is the worst division in baseball right now. Uh, but it gave the Baltimore Orioles a whopping zero percent chance of winning the division, and uh, the internet memes associated have just been so phenomenal <laughs> the past couple of days. Uh, the Orioles are gonna be bad this year. Uh, they haven't been drafting well, which is a rant that I'm not going to get into because it's so unrelatable. No casual baseball fan even cares about my rantings on how bad the Orioles draft. Uh, they're not going to be good this year. They're not trying to be good this year. They signed a couple pitchers that indicate to me that they're trying to win the 2014 World Series. Uh, we've got Felix. We've got Matt Harvey. Uh, so maybe we can beat those pesky Royals. Uh. <laughs> I just love the idea that Statcast is like it's not happening. They're not even saying like yeah. there is the miracle uh they only have a one percent chance, but there is an opportunity. They are putting uh their foot to the ground and saying, This is not happening. Yeah. They're like grow grow up. Yeah. Zero percent. <laughs> Zero percent. You know, everybody always says, Oh, there's always a chance. They are saying 
there is no chance whatsoever. Yeah. They're like, give up on your dreams, kids. Baseball is not about dreams. Uh, let's 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 bounce on over to the op eds, or excuse me, to the to the listicles, Ryan. What do you say? Yeah, uh, to give a little, you know, uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for. Just a little context. Context that is the word uh, of where this is from is MLB over the past week, I think, or two weeks has been putting out their top 100 players. Um, I think it is a overall very silly list, uh, especially uh, 100 through 21 is <laughs> just yeah. all over the place. There's a lot of guys that, in my opinion, deserve to be higher, lower. Oh, Why yeah, look at that. Kevin Biggio uh, listed as better than Ozzy Albies. That's insane. They play the yeah. same position. That's it's, incorrect. Uh, but then it got down to the top 10, or top 20, but we're going to talk about the top 10 today. And they listed it all out. Bernie and I had our usual yabber back and forth about it. And I was like, I don't know if I fully agree with this list. And then Bernie said, well, who would you put in there? And then I couldn't <laughs> think of anything uh, really well to counter this with. But the one thing I will say is the list, I think, is a little funky uh, because of the 60-game season, right? Uh, yeah. Last year, I feel like, was a very odd year for a lot of players. Uh, you know, because players sometimes take a lot of time to warm up. Uh, and get really good. And when you look at, you know, 60-game season, they're playing a little bit over a third of a season. And so I think sometimes you had guys that were hot right off the bat and were able to hold it up for that short time. And then you had guys that just could never find their groove. Um, So it's an interesting list in that regard. Uh, But, you know, Bernie, why don't you kind of start it and and, uh, tell us what you think? Yeah, uh, I totally agree with you. Like, let, let, let's, uh, you know, let's give the disclaimer. Like, we know the MLB puts out this list for fun, right? Just, the ranking doesn't mean anything, really. But uh, it's fun to react to them, too. Uh, the top 10, uh, 10 to 1, uh, number 10, Cody Bellinger. Number 9, Kristen Yelich. Number 8, Anthony Rendon. Number 7, Ronald Acuna Jr. Number 6, Fernando Tatis Jr. Number 5, Juan Soto. Number four, Freddie Freeman. Number three, Jake DeGrom. Number two, Mookie Betts. And number one, Mike Trout. Uh, I was looking through this list, uh, and I I really – let's let's just go one through ten, right, now that we've done reverse order. Number okay. one and – and I'll do it quickly, right? I'm not going to, like, belabor like crazy. Uh, I like Mike Trout at number one. How can you not? It's the I think everybody answer. does, right? Like, think, I, I think that's the most. Like, yep, he's he's un, like is it the the joke whenever somebody wins the MVP or is like leading the MVP race or whatever is like, is Mike Trout still in baseball? Then Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. Like, it's like, yeah, you know, there's obviously. no surprise on the number one. When they started the list at hundred, I was like, oh, number one's gonna be Mike Trout. Uh, yeah, Mike Trout, unquestionably number one. Uh, number two, Mookie Betts. Uh, I like this pick. Uh, I, I thought long and hard about this. I weirdly, like, I, I have positional bias against Mookie Betts. He does not play a premium defensive position. And there's a mm. part of me, and he, he like, and he doesn't hit, like, tons of home runs. And what you have to remember with Mookie Betts is that he does everything at an A to A plus level, he doesn't do anything at like an A plus plus level. So it's like he is the second best player in baseball. 
I've thought long and hard about this, and I do agree Mookie's number two. It was just a difficult two for me to have to swallow. Yeah, the one thing I will say for Mookie is um, he seems to come through in the moments that matter most. And that's kind of where the number two held for me is, yes, overall, he is an A, A A-plus player. Absolutely. I do agree with your statement um, of not an A-plus-plus. But, you know, especially during playoffs, World Series last year, the guy just comes through at times when no one else is or makes plays that no one else would even think about making that you're just like, your baseball IQ is really high. Really, really high. Uh, Even when you're slumping, you don't let that slump take you down. You figure out a way to contribute somewhere else. So I I agree with the number two. And I think something to be added just real quick is that um, a lot of these guys in the top 10, like, or, or even top 20, let's say, are like these young stars that baseball has been like blessed with over the past like three seasons. And a lot of those guys have had like one two really good seasons, right? We talked about Tatis hasn't technically even played a full one season yet. Uh, Mookie has done it. He did it last year in LA. He did it in 2018 with the Red Sox. And then he did that, I think it was was like 2016. I think it was two years prior. He was also like kind of MVP caliber with the Red Sox. Like he's been this good very consistently, which not everybody on this list can say. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next two guys on MLB's list definitely are the model of consistency. Jacob deGrom at three, Freddie Freeman at four. Uh, DeGrom was the one guy I thought maybe was the number two guy over Mookie. It's so tough to go pitcher versus hitter. You, but uh, I, I was going to say it's tough to go pitcher over all these other guys because there's the, the thing that got me is like, is there really no other pitcher that's in the top ten? That so that so and, and I'll get to it, but that was my biggest issue with the ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think Anthony Rendon deserved to be top 10. I think he's a really good player, but to have Rendon in over pitchers feels kind of a, a bit much to me. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that yep. like a little yep. bit later, but I, I agree with you. I think that at minimum, Garrett Cole should be in the top 10. Uh, right. Bieber's tough again, because Bieber, Shane Bieber is exactly what I just said, right? It's like, sure. If we're going to say last year is who he is. He's you know top three in baseball, but one he did he did it for one season and it was a short season, so it's hard to it's hard to really put him in that category. All right, fair. Um, Jacob Degrom, I like it three a lot. Freddie Freeman, I struggle with a lot. I don't. I think he's four in that he's been consistent. I, I was joking with you before the pod about how Freddie Freeman suffers from this one exact bias, which is that he has got one of the ugliest looking swings for a superstar that I have ever seen. He's all hunched down. He's really, really like compact. He puts his hands all the way in, even though yeah, he's, he's it's like this such big a guy. Swing. It's, such it's so a tight. tight. Swing. Oh, he's, and he's phenomenal. It's just like he hunches and he like, yeah. he hunches. That's what it comes down to. He's, he's hunching so much and he's a big dude. You yeah. want to see like wide open stances. It's just more fun to watch, even though clearly the compact swing has led Freddie Freeman to an incredibly good career. Yep. Uh, we talked about him on the last pod as having like one of the best contracts for a team just because of how well he's performed it every year. Uh, I would say Freddie Freeman is number four. I just like made me laugh how much I didn't want to put him at four. Okay. I really didn't want him there. But I was like, yeah, no, he's he's so good every year, still in his prime. One just won the MVP. Uh, 
Number five, Juan Soto. I agree with this as well. Uh, Juan Soto, I think, has the potential to be the number two. I think if Juan Soto gives us one more season this year like he did last year, he's the number two player in baseball. You see, I would argue that five, six, and seven for me, you could kind of mix these all up. The in, young stars. Correct. Yeah. In any order, and I would be like, okay, fair. Soto, fair. Tatis, Acuna. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I think Soto's a clear five for me. Yes, he doesn't play a premium defensive position, which I knocked Mookie for, but I also still let Mookie stay at two. Uh, but the hit tool is elite. He says he wants to steal bases this year. Uh, so for me, six is where I actually start to take issue. So I think Juan Soto is is head and shoulders above Acuna and Tatis. Uh, for my money, I I just like I don't think that stealing essentially what Acuna and Tatis do that Soto doesn't is they steal bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play more premium defensive positions. Uh, Tatis definitely an elite level defender. Acuna, I, I actually don't know the numbers on his defense, uh, but I think that in terms of the contact skills and the power, Soto's got them beat by a country mile. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, actually I do, I do. I'll say that I think he's significantly better in both of those those categories. I would probably slide Garrett Cole in at number six. Okay. I could agree and with I that. And I would probably put Ronald Acuna above Tatis. Hmm. But yeah, Tatis I, did they're, have they're inter- uh, a bit of a slump last year, too. Second half? Yeah. yeah of a short half. season, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do that. Uh, so I probably have, yeah, I probably have Cole at six. Uh, I honestly would also have Lindor maybe at seven. Uh, Lindor, who on yeah, this list is 15. Yeah, I'm kind of amazed that Lindor isn't in, a, in the top 10. I don't understand the lack of respect he gets. And he had an off year last year, but he didn't have a bad year. Uh, and it's like weird to me how it's like, like Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich had bad years last year. And they are 9 and 10, uh, not respectively, reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Lindor has a off year not a bad year and he's all the way at 15 i i don't buy it you're talking about the number one defensive shortstop in the league arguably one or two you're talking about a guy who consistently swipes a lot of bags hits 300 and oh by the way randomly out of nowhere has power uh doesn't look like he should have power uh it's 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 to me he's he's uh seven yeah i would i would Uh, agree with with you on that's a little disrespectful to him to not put him in the top 10 Definitely. And then uh, from there, uh, it's kind of dealer's choice at a certain point, right, outside of the top, like, six or seven. But we have, I would probably put Tatis or Acuna at eight and nine, and then I would probably stick Christian Yelich at ten. Uh, yeah, Yelich had a really bad season really last season. Bad. Before that, I would have easily put him high. Uh and then last season, he just really had a bad one. Belly, to me... Uh, Belly's a tough one. Yeah, Belly's a really tough one. Fantastic defensively. Uh, he's just been messing with his swing way too much. And, uh, you know, he has his moments. But last year, consistency at the plate was not one of his traits. So... No. He hit. I mean, for a while, he was sub 200 last year, which is crazy because the year before, for a really long time, he was above 400. Uh, He's got all the talent. 
and I, I, he's he's just got a phenomenal. He's got phenomenal um, mechanics in his swing, which is funny because that's what he tinkered with. Uh, but he really, he really just puts. He's kind of the Tim Lincecum of of, of batting swings. You know, he just kind of <laughs> yeah. he has. You know what I'm talking about, though, yeah. right? He's got oh, that yeah. like motion and the complete hip swing, and the and it just like and the bat is so long, it just like. It's such a perfect amount of force being applied. I don't know why he would change it up. Uh, but but like speaking of the consistency, what I would say for Bellinger is that he had obviously the incredible rookie season uh, where the batting average wasn't there as much as the home runs were there. But holy shit, were the home runs there. Uh, and then he had the MVP season, uh, not last year, but the year before. So for me, it's kind of like, if he had, and, and he was, so, I think it's worth mentioning just how bad he was last year, right? Like it's like he didn't have an off year; he had like a, a minor league caliber year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, that for me is enough to knock him out of my top ten, even though I still believe in the talent. I, uh, as I mentioned, there's no team I love more than Dodgers, but I would agree with you. Yeah, and um, I'm agreeing with you, Bernie. That says something. It's a big deal. Ryan loves the Dodgers. He loves telling me I'm wrong whenever I, I like to mention anything negative about Tony Gonsolin or <laughs> That's not true. The uh the uh the end of uh of Kenley Jansen uh-huh. who uh, is slated to be the starter or excuse me, the the closer. Uh but I think it's I think he's done. Uh which makes me sad. Which is hilarious Jansen. to me that that is even uh truly part of the conversation that he would be the closer at this point. I yeah. think Dave Roberts is just being nice is what I think. I think it's a loyalty thing and I think that he earned I, I think that like he's earned the right to lose the job again. <laughs> you know, like they're going to make the playoffs kind of no matter what. He's earned the right to lose the job and when he loses it to Julio Arias, we'll cover that on the pod as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's end it with uh, Bernie's Movie Corner. Bernie's Movie Corner, best part of the day. Hell yeah. Brian, I kept you in the dark this week. Uh, and I did find a movie. I didn't just willy-nilly uh, not pick one. I picked one at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, Ryan, how, fam- how familiar are you with the Disney Channel? Uh, probably about as familiar as everybody else. Very familiar, it sounds like. Uh, uh, <laughs> do you... <laughs> Did you ever you ever watch those Disney Channel original movies, Ryan? Um, some, some. So I, I kind of grew up on these things, uh, like like every like any good millennial. Uh, you bring up a Disney Channel original movie, and I and I turn to you and I'll say, hey, let's do a top five Disney Channel original movies. Uh, because I'm a millennial, I like Disney Channel movies, and I like listing my top five. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I decided that the movie that I had to pick was Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff. The the 2003 classic. Yeah, I would tell you right now, just so we can get ahead of it, I am not familiar with that whatsoever. So. You know, Ryan, I think we're getting in sync because I had a feeling you weren't familiar yeah, with it. Yeah. Um, this movie is is everything that I love about Disney movies in that the conflict in any Disney movie, 90% of all Disney movies, is I have a problem. I'm really good at A – but I'm also really good at B. How do I pick? Right? Like it's like, oh man, you you get it. You get struggle. Uh, this movie follows Eddie uh, Ogden. 
a 14-year-old teenager uh, who is a very good baseball player, like an elite level, like cranking out home runs baseball player, but also discovers that he likes cooking. Uh, and he enters this uh, cooking contest by accidentally making a really good barbecue sauce. And he gets picked for like the finals. And he goes to the finals of the cooking contest, which, oh no, it's the same day as the big baseball game. Oh. What are we going to do? And I just remember, I remember Disney like marketing this movie by like talking about how professional chefs can crack eggs with one hand. Like I remember out of nowhere, that was like, I'm not kidding. Like that was like heavily involved in the marketing campaign was like showing like a chef cracking an egg with one hand and like talking about like like the kids during they they'd always do like interviews with the with the actors you know who were talking about the movie and they'd always play them as like commercials on the Disney channel and that was like the go to soundbite was how crazy it was that professional chefs could do this uh, and Eddie it's even a part of the plot line that Eddie is like I can't even crack an egg with one hand uh, which obviously has nothing to do with baseball but this movie kind of had nothing to do with baseball because in the end he learns that you can have it all. You can both play baseball and cook. And it's 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 honestly one of those things where it's just like, hey man, no one no one ever said you couldn't do both. You're not hurting anybody. You're good. Uh the movie is uh I remember even at the time being like this was a little stupid. I watched it, I was entertained enough, <laughs> but even at I was thirteen when this came out, maybe twelve? Let's see. So a few years July ago. July eighteenth. I was exactly. I was twelve. I was twelve for nine more days when this movie came out. Uh, yeah, and I was just like, you know, kind of dumb. Uh, Ryan, as every week, I'm gonna give my recommendation. I don't think you need to watch this one. One day, oh, I guess you did with Screwball, but I was gonna say one day we'll give a recommendation of a movie you should watch. There's been a couple. Screwball, Fences. I said is really good. Oh, you did say Fences is is good. Fences isn't really a baseball movie. It's a movie where baseball is like a metaphor. True, true, true. And there is baseball in it, but it's not a baseball movie. Well. Anyway, uh, that's my recommendation. Uh, Ryan, it's been a fun week. It has. And uh, it's only getting better the closer and closer we get to opening day. You know, pitchers and catchers have reported. We are getting images of them... Doing what they do in spring training, and it warms my heart very, very much. Yeah. The the opening day tweets, or excuse me, the pitchers and catchers tweets have been great. Uh, the one last thing I want to end on, because I realized we, we forgot to, to cover it. Um, the the Tampa Bay Rays. Do you know, you, you know what I'm talking about? The Twitter thing that they did? Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. What, what what was the company? It was Wendy's. Uh, not, it's Wendy's. Wendy's. So Wendy's for uh, it, they were like it's National like Spice or like Roasting Frying Day or whatever, and they were like send us, you know, somebody add us and, and like we'll roast you or whatever. And the Rays send them a tweet that's like, "Do your worst." <laughs> and they were like, "Wow." That, that tweet that you just sent us was so great. We're surprised you didn't just give up on it halfway through writing it. <laughs> of course, a great reference to how 
even though Blake Snell was absolutely rolling in game six, uh, he gave up one bloop single and then they pulled him, in which point Mookie Betts, who you just said was Captain Clutch, immediately made them pay and they lost the World Series as a result. Uh, and before I end that, what is it? The Players Tribune? The Players? Yeah. What's it called? Players uh, Tribune. Snell uh, just did an article um, about that moment. Uh, oh, yeah. And then kind of like everything else tied to it. It's actually really, really good. Um, you know, he's a good dude. He doesn't hold anything against uh, Kevin Cash, but he kind of talks about mentally what happened, uh, why he thinks the hits happened, uh, the whole breakdown. And then of course, how it felt to be traded, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a, it's a really good article. I'll have to give it a read. I, I had actually just, and I hate, I hate the ringer in general, but uh, they, I saw an, uh, an interview they did with him. And he also I, he broke it down in that, so I didn't read the article because I kind of assumed it would be redundant. But I did. I really liked what he had to say. It was he's just, he seems like an interesting guy. Yeah, uh, he seems like a good dude. Again, a player I wouldn't mind having on our team. Um, I think he'll be great in San Diego. So, yeah, me too. You know. Well, guys, wish we could talk to you forever, but you know, we all have day jobs. Uh, it comes a time when we must go do other things. Um, thank you again for listening if you are and uh, you know we'll be back next week uh, to hopefully talk about more exciting baseball news